Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 152 of the Speaking Club podcast. I recently watched Disney's new movie, Soul, and I loved it and I'd recommend it to you. And this quote didn't come from the movie, it came from Betty Smith, but it has a similar theme and I want to share it with you as we start out into this next 12 months. Look at everything as though you were seeing it for the first or last time. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey there, welcome to the show and thanks again for choosing to listen to The Speaking Club. Now, I wanted to share this interview with my guest Lottie Moore now because it's likely that you're in the process of working on your goals for this coming year. And I know from personal experience how easy it can be to get caught up chasing the obvious symbols of success. I've been there in both my corporate career and when I started out on my entrepreneurial journey. And the trouble is that being on that treadmill can leave you unsatisfied, burnt out and out of touch with what you really want. So as you plan, I wanted to get you to consider which goals will connect you with what really matters. And Lottie Moore is here to help explore that very question. Now, like many people, Lottie hit a wall in the middle of her career, losing herself in the process of living that expected life. Unlike other people, though, she made the decision to pack one suitcase and escape with her 10-year-old daughter to deepest, darkest Africa. Well, Burkina Faso, to be exact. And there she learned a lot about what made her happy, but she didn't finish the journey of self-discovery. And after a few years back in the UK with a new business, things snapped again, literally. She was forced to confront what she calls her shadow side and do the work to deal with the issues that surfaced. But what she experienced on the other side of that made it all worth it. In this show, Lottie will share how you can reconnect within the modern landscape to keep your head and body healthy and to make success meaningful, satisfying and fun. But before we head into the interview, I just wanted to have a little bet with you. I bet that one or more of your goals for this year are going to have speaking as a requirement. Whether you're doing a talk, a pitch, setting up podcasts, doing a webinar or doing live videos. And that's because speaking is a fundamental part of your business success. And wherever you are on your speaking journey, I know that the Speaking Club Live can help you accelerate your results. Now, if you haven't come across it yet, it's a membership I've created to give you a safe space that you can access every week to test your content and messaging, to practice your storytelling, speaking and humour and get valuable feedback and coaching from me and other club members. I've made it as flexible and affordable as possible. 
So why not join for a month to try it out? And you can find out more about it all at saraharcher.co.uk slash club. Right, let's crack on with the interview. Welcome to the Speaking Club, Lottie Moore. Hi there, thanks for having me here. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for coming on. I'm very interested to uh, to find out more about you, more about what you do. And uh, funnily enough, I was just speaking to another guest this morning and we worked out that they had a massive sort of event that changed their life around um, 40. I was around 40. You were also around 40 when you decided to make a massive change to your life. What was what was your trigger? What happened? Um, I think I'd gone through kind of my 30s with things just not going as I planned or how I thought they would go. And I'd become increasingly almost like a broken woman, I would say. You know, I'd got to a point where I was struggling financially. I was struggling in my personal relationships. And I just was at a point where it's like something has to change. Mm -hmm. Something has to give and be different. Uh, And I almost ran away, if you like. I went to live in Africa. Uh, So at the time, it was really much more an idea on escape and getting away to something different rather than what that different would create for me. Yeah, because it was it's interesting because I think on your website you put something like ob- ob- the, the obvious choice. I, th- I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like, oh, obviously I went to Africa and I'm like, that's not really what I was <laughs> like. That, that doesn't feel obvious to me. It's kind of like not. So it wasn't really a plan. It was just uh, I got to something's got to, to change and this is at least the first thing that I'm going to do. It was the only thing I was going to do at that point. I had no forward vision of, of what life after Africa would look like. I headed off with my daughter and one suitcase full of stuff and we went to live in Burkina Faso for a year. And when we went, I had a job lined up to waitress in a cafe when I came back just so that I would have work. Um, and that was as far as the plan went. Gosh, how old was your daughter when you went out there? She turned 10 while we were out there. Oh my goodness, this was like a big deal then. I yeah, bet that was an adventure absolutely. for her. Yeah, you- I took her out of primary school for nearly a year. And um, yeah, it was quite literally, we went on an adventure. You know, I say it was her chance to take her shoes off. We both took our watches off and just stepped into a whole other reality. How did you get involved in Africa? What was there? How did that all happen? I'd had connections with Africa uh, previously. Uh, an ex-boyfriend a very long time ago had gone and and worked out in Africa for a while and I kind of had those connections and then when I looked into going a lot of charities didn't want me to go with them because of my daughter they were well we can have you for a week or two but you can't take your daughter and then I was introduced to a Burkinabe chap who was over here for a year studying he was the founder of a major aid organization out in Burkina Faso. And he just looked at me and said, come to Burkina Faso. And I was like, okay. And it was as simple as that. Oh my goodness. That sounds on one level, like just terrifying. And uh, she was, she was just excited, but she was she like, oh yes, get to leave school for a year. Or was she a bit nervous? I think a bit of both. You know, I think she was still at that age where she was very kind of, um, 
homed into me. So as long as mum was there and everything, then she was going to be okay. Um, and, and neither of us really, I don't think, had thought it out that much. It was just that we'll go and see what happens. Gosh, wow, that's really cool. Um, so I get, so you went out there, came back, the waitressing job that you had lined up didn't materialise. Uh, that's the impression I got from from what I've read. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, it was just as we were going into that 2010-2011 um, recession and I was back for two weeks and the cafe went bust. Oh, my goodness. And how, were you already changed from being in Africa? From you know, Was there already the beginning of the transformation happening from the time there? What, what happened out there? Yeah, without a doubt. I came back really fired up to share what, I'd learned from the people mm. there, particularly the women, but not exclusively. Um, I really wanted to share more about community, about mutuality, mutual support, and unplugging from the matrix, if you like, you know, from Wi-Fi and, and living mm. a simpler form of life. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to do that. And everything just kind of conspired to take me in that direction whether I liked it or not anyway. Gosh, and what was your job before you left? What, before, you know, what was the job you were doing before you left? Community social worker. Work. So that idea of community was there already in, in yeah. what you were doing? Oh, yeah. cool. So, so you get back, no job. What, what happened then? A whole load of things happened all at the same time. So I was unemployed for a very short time. Um, but while I'd been in uh, Bikina, I'd met a guy out there really, really briefly who was starting a charity to build schools out there. And so we connected through social media and I started doing a little bit of work for the charity, uh, which got me on kind of speaking and everything else, I project managed a Kilimanjaro trek for the charity. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, I got the opportunity to train as a coach. I was getting speaking opportunities, speaking about the charity and about living in Africa. And so it all kind of just snowballed from there, really. Yeah. And then and then I understand there was another sort of road to Damascus point when you broke your leg so you were doing so doing all that yeah and then you, you you were organizing your own sort of trips weren't you I think on the back of that yeah absolutely so I started running retreats in the mountains as well following on from Kilimanjaro uh, in the Atlas Mountains and things like that and then I was out in Georgia about three years ago and I was really focused in on taking my business and my speaking and everything else in this very solid direction of you know rah rah empowerment and everything else and I said I quite literally snapped you know um I was on um Kazbeg Kazbegi which is the second highest mountain in Europe but I was on a flat bit at the bottom <laughs> and I broke my leg how did you do it did you just fall over or I, I don't even really know. I, yeah, I was standing still. I just went over funny on my ankle. Oh, no. So you're stuck up a mountain with a broken ankle? Yeah. And what, did they have to airlift you? What happened? So one of the other guys on the retreat kind of piggybacked, carried me down the mountain a little bit. We went to a health centre on the mountain. They confirmed it was broken, put me in a cast, 
So I'm in the middle of kind of Georgia, like Russia, Georgia. Nobody's speaking English in the middle of nowhere with this book. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so what happened after that? Enforced two months, I guess, of, of sitting around reevaluating what was important, I think, for yeah. me. Um, and, yeah, just just that opportunity, whether I liked it or not, to have to sit. I also, so I brought fire walking into my business prior to that as well. Uh, and during the, during the time laid up with the broken leg, I got the opportunity to train as master. So start training to be fire walk instructor, trainer. And just that kind of real reconnection with what was important uh, and mm. what fired me up and what made me happy. And because I know you, you mentioned about there was a sort of word you used a, a kundalini awakening and mm. showing up to do the work which led to the transformation you had and and the opportunities that arose from you in, in better business results C- can you tell me more about that what 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 did you mean by all of that I think for me it was that deep spiritual awakening um so uh I kind of call it reconnection with what's important but that you know, for me, I'd been doing lots of stuff in the mountains. I'd been doing lots of stuff with the elements, but not really letting that in is the best way I can describe it. So for me, it was that real awakening of, you know, actually, this is what people need. You know, with things like firewalking, I kind of believe people really need to get their feet on the ground, their bare feet on the ground, long before getting anywhere near a fire. Yeah. Uh, so that same kind of idea, that kind of spiritual awakening, if you like, but just that reinforcement of what we need is really simple. Mm. I think I'd moved away from kind of those African roots of, you know, the, already having what I need inside me and outside me, around me, surrounding me, but allowing that to, to work and to do rather than keep searching, keep pushing interesting and so and but you talk about this was it was it almost like you deconstructed yourself because you talk about showing up to do the work what do you mean by showing up to do the work what was the work that you were doing on yourself uh, so in lots and lots of different ways all aspects but I would say really kind of showing up and sitting with my shadow side sitting with the dark stuff that so many of us tend to put our blinkers on and try and pretend it's not happening Mm. and focus on what we want next, what we want next, what we're not next, instead of really kind of sitting with things and thinking, why has that triggered me? Why has that upset me? Why am I running away from what I was still running away from when I went to Africa? Uh, And I think we're seeing so much of that at the moment as well, you know, with this whole COVID situation. And a lot of people are feeling really down, really low, frightened, angry, but putting their blinkers on and not really wanting to see it, you know, trying to be all rah-rah and happy all the time rather than taking that time to sit with what is triggering them, what what is, and, you know, allowing the emotions to come, things that we might consider negative, sitting with those and going, that's interesting, what's going on there? And so what, it's really interesting, I want to come back to that, but I want to ask you, if you're you're willing to share, what did you discover in your dark side? What what sort of epiphanies did you have about yourself? Yeah, 
So I think it's the same for so many people, so many coaches particularly we see at the moment um, are coaching people with the coaching that they need themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So I've been kind of telling people about reconnecting with nature and going out to the mountains and everything else, but I'm not really doing it in a wholehearted way um, kind of idea. So for me, I think it was just coming back to the simple stuff viewed for what I had rather than focusing on what I wanted next, what I wanted next all the time. And just, just getting out in nature. For me now, I walk just about every day, reconnecting what's important to me. What can I learn from those situations? Yeah. How do you square? Because I'm, I'm looking at all of this stuff right now, myself, this, this focus on what you want, and what you have rather than what you don't want and what you don't have. So abundance rather than lack. Mm. How do you square? Because you, you know, you you I think there must be a level of ambition that you have. How for your business and yeah. it, you know, if if maybe not for financial, but to make a difference. How yeah. do you square that desire to grow? your audience, your business with, you know, being content, being at peace? How, how do those two show up for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm very driven in my business. Um, and that, so that's not what it's all about for me. But it is about, you know, when I'm doing training, when I'm doing retreats, we work in a very rural setting, you know, getting out into nature every day, that type of idea practicing the gratitude, um, sticking firmly to my agreements in business. So I do a certain amount of work for charity, for instance, which would be at a, an extremely decrease, decreased rate. Stick to those commitments. You know, you don't take the higher paid offers because the, you know, um, and just also the more I get out in nature, the more I allow spirit in while I'm in nature, if you like, and allow myself to learn from the birds, the animals, the, the weenie flowers, the feathers, all of that, the more I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and so just allowing that, you know, it, it's, of, I am driven. I want, I want to be successful. I want to have an amazing legacy of people going through that reconnection process themselves. But I'm not afraid to, to leave time to do the things that are important either. So it comes back to that idea of balance. Is that, is that right or have I, is that wrong? I think it is balance, but, but I think the more I do the other stuff, the more natural and in flow, if you like, the business yeah. success seems. You know, it, it's yeah. been a crazy year for me. Most of my business is based around live events and training. Some aspects of my business have been completely decimated. <laughs> I've still been able to just walk in nature and go out and do it and show up for myself in that way and trust the process that my business is going to go in the way that it's supposed to go and everything will be okay. 
it, it is kind of letting, I mean, I, I'm, I always hesitate to talk about it on here and I don't know what your position is on sort of that, that law of attraction and letting the universe, you know, help you out and it all being rigged in your favor and just sort of letting go of the worry and just following the path that gives you joy. Mm. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But you've still yeah. got to show up and do the work. The inspired action. That's the bit that a lot yeah, of people leave you've out. Got a, you can't sit on your butt and, and <laughs> watch Netflix all day and wait for it to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if spirit is telling you, you know, reconnect with nature, go out, do it, leave your, turn your phone off, you know, these things, then show up and do it. Okay, so tell me, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, oh, of two things, really. So the, the fire walking and the reconnection coaching I'm interested in. I guess, what problem are you solving with those things? Is it, you know, the, the overwrought executive that's lost their way, is burned out? Or, you know, what, how, how, do you, how do people show up for this stuff and why do they show up for it? Yeah, totally. So... So I mainly run retreats now, although because of that, I get booked to speak in uh, for different environments as well. So I like to work with the people that show up and do the work. You know, I'm not overly interested in working with people that go to a two hour talk and go, yeah, that was great. And then go away and ignore it all. Um, but it it is very much for me about people that, have that realization that there is something more to life and so that quite often is the busy businessman rather than maybe the the people that are already walking the path although I love to do fire walks down in the woods for people get a bit witchy and woo woo um, <laughs> <laughs> um I like to to work with people that are just like there's got to be more to this and aren't sure what that is. And I think this year has really shown us as well that so much of what we describe as burnout and overwhelm uh, and so on is actually trauma response. Yes. Uh, and this year has brought up so much trauma for everybody. And Are you seeing that in the work that you're doing with people? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I have somebody else that helps me with trauma healing and I'm referring so many people to her at the moment uh people don't like to call it trauma they see trauma as something that maybe an ex-soldier has or, or or something like that but there's a huge trauma response particularly at the moment I think particularly for men that the identity has been taken away from them in the workplace uh financial stress for so many people uh, and that's what I'm good at I'm good at people that that know there's a problem but they don't they're not quite sure what it is or what to do about it yeah and and so for me it's about getting people down into the woods out into nature out of the boardroom phones turned off or emails off I'm focusing in on actually what are we going to do about this? It's really interesting because I read a book. I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm still working through it. But I, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast called um, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love by 
Dr. Joan Rosenberg. And and it resonates with what you were saying. And I meant to mention it before when you talked about sitting with the stuff that we don't like to confront. And I think in a sense, I don't know if this is right, but what COVID has done in a way has taken away some of the opportunities for avoidance. So from what I understand from her, you know, um, alcoholism, drugs, and a lot of that can uh, can happen because we're avoiding that discomfort of sitting with the stuff that we need to work through. Yeah. And possibly the opportunities are are less for us to do that now, which may be why. And obviously there's lots of other stuff going on, but is that is that do you think that's right? Is that a possibility? I think totally that that there is nowhere to run this year, is there? There is mm. no uh going down the pub every night after work, even going to the gym every night after work. That there, there is no hiding. From, no escape from, really. Yeah. There's a really interesting uh, Buddhist practice called Chod, and um, and it's it's basically that people can carry out their spiritual practice in a really dark and scary place because it's quite easy to be all spiritual and fine and happy and wonderful when everything's smooth and within our control. Mm. But when we take ourselves out of that, out of control, suddenly all the chinks and the cracks start to show. Uh, so, so in Chod, it's people would go and meditate in a graveyard while thinking about all the dead bloated bodies kind of idea, oh which is quite extreme. But it's also, about, you know, that simple idea that actually rather than running away from this, how can I sit with this and make it right in these most dire circumstances? And I think 2020 has brought that up good and proper for a lot of people. So so in a sense, I guess, um, I don't know if this is right, but Burkina Faso was a distraction for you rather than actually working through... I don't know, if is that true, do you think? I I don't know, I'm just sort of... I think it really gave me a chance to find myself again. Mm. I know that's kind of a bit of a 70s woo-woo saying, but it did give me an opportunity, I guess, to reconnect with self and my own empowerment Mm. and everything else. But it's easy to go somewhere else and be someone else or be a different version of yourself, but then to come home and have to put that into practice, yeah, was a whole different kettle of fish. It's kind of like those personality profiles that people do where they sort of say, this is what you're like when everything's going well. This is what you're like when you're under stress. And it's and it's that real stuff coming through when you're under stress and your yeah. buttons are pushed is kind of what you're talking about. Cool. So so someone gets comes to you, how long are the retreats and, and what sort of transformations do you see uh, for people when they when they experience this? Yeah, we see absolutely life changing. You know, I think anybody would agree that's done work with me that it's it's absolutely life changing. Um, so the retreats I do are everything from a weekend to a full week, um, and yeah, but I think people are always a little bit nervous as to what to expect. It's kind of Lottie the firewalker. Is she going to get me to walk on hot coals? Kind of idea, but it goes 
so much deeper than that you know so we go into the whole neuroscience of what's going on and how to create change and and more and more I'm kind of like okay what we're not doing here is you're not allowed to talk about your work not allowed to talk about the sports teams you support you know so so stripping people back to their real basic essence and then inviting them to create that new version of themselves that they want to be or the, the version of themselves that they've lost sight of, or, you know, rather than the version of themselves that they thought would give them meaning and importance. So so what sort of, um, if we had to say a before and after, a sort of, you know, how, how would that look, you know, on, on the surface, you know, someone would come before, they would be this, and then they would go, you know, when you say life-changing, what sort of, what sort mm. of stuff? much more clued up on their relationships um, uh -huh. and uh, very clear on their own expectation of their relationships, both what they're receiving from that, and, but also what they're giving into that and a renewed kind of sense of responsibility in those relationships. A much clearer picture of where they get their value from and what is unimportant to them for their values so that they're much uh, more capable to set boundaries that promote what's important to them. And just a, a clearer picture of where they fit into community. Mm -hmm. So for me, reconnection is kind of three main areas. One is kind of nature and the environment. One is with self. But the, the third one is community or, or those people, you know, whether that's family, the workplace, um, so much more kind of mentoring relationships and, and cross-generational mentoring relationships. I think for men at the moment, you know, we're seeing higher and higher suicide rates. We're seeing three men a week in the UK last year committed suicide. Gosh. And I think there is that lack of community and looking out for each other and being able to support each other in a meaningful way plays a big part in that it's interesting do you think that although physically we haven't been able to connect with the people that we love I get a sense that actually there is a bit more community in some places because of this than there was before it's like people kind of took it all for granted and now they're missing it so they're I don't know that's a, an impression that I'm getting I don't know have you yeah. would you say do you feel the same way I think that's totally right you know um when we first went into the lockdown everyone was saying that mental health problems were going to increase suicides were going to increase anything that hasn't been the case at the moment mm -hmm. and and I think people are able to connect that you know it may be they find it much easier just to jump on a zoom and have a beer over an evening in that way than they would to arrange to go for lunch with somebody or down to the pub with somebody. I think particularly in our cities now, people are leaving, living you know, very singular lives. We see so much of the dating apps and things like that, don't we, where mm. people are just not getting out and meeting people and engaging with people. 
Whereas I think when people are stuck at home all day, maybe it just becomes easier to WhatsApp somebody and say, shall we jump on Zoom for an hour? Yeah, yeah. And and, and so going back to that transformation, do you find that when people come and have this reconnection experience, it can it can result in career change as well and, and sort of, you know, completely new direction for their lives? Yeah, I so sometimes career change, I think maybe more satisfaction from the job that whether they have it or they're looking mm. for another job and a, a much better understanding of how they get their value within their work and, and really claiming that. I think, you know, particularly our men are... They, they receive their value from work. They, they, their self-esteem comes from their position in the workplace and things like that. And so to, to meet them with that and say that's okay and how can you work around that, how can you achieve that and how can you help other people achieve that as well is very important. So if they're in the right job, then that's great. Stay in that job. Right. It's not about, you know come on retreat, go home, leave your wife, leave the job. <laughs> um, there are some people I know that have, um, but it's it's more about a mutuality of satisfaction. So knowing what they expect and what they want from those relationships and the workplace, but also having a much better understanding of what they give as well and what they can bring to others in, in those situations. Excellent. Do you find that it gets some off the treadmill a little bit as well? Because I think, you know, certainly I was very driven when I was in corporate and it was like, right, this job, then this job, then director, then that blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think I had a, you know, a, a, it's you kind of just follow the path, whether the path is the right one for you or not. Have you found that's that's something that happens? Yeah, totally. I think people get sucked into this situation, especially maybe uh, younger folks in their 20s, you know, very driven. I start here, I work my way up, I get the pay rise once a year, I get the, um, you know, move up the ranks and everything, um, and don't really think about it. And then they can suddenly get to a position and go, mm, this isn't making me happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe especially if they're working long hours as well, a lot of responsibility. It's suddenly, you know, I enjoyed being on the shop floor rather than, you know, being up at the top in the top echelons. But we can also work with them to help them gain more clarity about how they can support people in other positions, you know, that are starting out which can bring much more satisfaction to where both people are, but they have that benefit of hindsight to bring to that relationship. Cool. Excellent. Okay. So, so the other thing, so I guess we may have just touched on this. You talk about making success meaningful. Have we covered that off? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think so. I, th I think most people, when, when they're kind of at that age where they're leaving school, leaving university, have an idea of what success looks like. And I think as we get older, our ideas change. 
So it's about helping people to reconnect into what success is for them. And that's how it becomes meaningful. You know, if you're always seeking the next big pay rise, at what point have you reached happiness? At what point have you reached success? Mm. So really helping people to think about what success looks like for them and how can that be meaningful? So is that mentoring somebody else? Is that earning wads of money but giving 10% to charity every month? Or, you know, it's... It yeah. connects with the values work that you do with them. So, yeah, so that absolutely. they, so that success aligns with the values that they discover that you know, or, yeah. Or, or yeah, become aware of. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, do you think it's possible for everyone to achieve inner peace, and why? That's a great question. Yes, I do. But I think it's okay not to be in a state of inner peace all day, every day. <laughs> I like that. Um, and I think that itself, letting go of that, brings peace in itself, right? So, um, but yeah, I, th- I think it, inner peace to me is a sense of contentment and a sense of letting go of what is outside of my control. And I think it's it's great for everybody. It's a journey, isn't it? So everybody can achieve inner peace, but nobody achieves inner peace. Because if you're ever at a point where you're just going, I have inner peace, then you probably haven't. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of the interesting things that I've discovered through the stuff that, you know, I've always been, I remember working one of my first jobs I worked in a factory and I was doing a discipline I was my background in corporate was in HR and I was doing a disciplinary hearing we're doing an investigation with someone and the guy on the shop floor was just super content like he didn't he was just happy he had a very simple life he he didn't really have much ambition he was happy with with his lot and I remember back then I must have been mid to mid 20s and I felt quite jealous of him for for having that sort of uh peace and contentment and and I've always been driven I guess in the same similar way to you but what I and I used to think that was a bad thing that I was always wanting stuff but in the work that I've been doing I've I've discovered that we're always going to be wanting more because each situation that we come to creates new desires and goals for us so we're always, you know, and, and it almost until we die, the journey's never going to end. And yeah. that was a real aha for me that it's okay, and you know okay. that you can be peaceful and, you know, want to do something else. You know, the next thing. So that was that was really interesting for me to discover. I guess it's something that you found along the way too. Totally, yeah. Life is a journey. Mm. Personal development spirituality you know whatever it looks like to each individual person is a journey I think the second you say well I've done it all now I'm here that's that that's a really dangerous place to be (laughs) (laughs) okay cool well we've touched on a little bit uh the speaking that you've done this is a speaking club so I wanted to bring it Mm. back to that how does speaking fit into your business I was going to say today today is is perhaps not not the usual context so perhaps 
you know what it was like before and and now during COVID how is it fitting into what you do yeah so it, it comes up time and time again uh, obviously when I'm running a firewalk for instance I'm standing at the front of the room speaking and that has to be in an influential powerful way you know nobody mm -hmm. is going to put their feet on hot coals if Lottie's at the front of the room going, oh, well maybe we could do this um so I've learned to speak in quite an authoritative way but I still love also going out and speaking about Africa and lighting people's fire about other ways to live cool. so yeah it's always speaking I think is at the heart of everything I do I think I'm very fortunate that it comes quite naturally to me and so it ignites passion in in people to even just to get them thinking about there might be another way to live yeah and do, do you find that you get when you speak it creates clients for you as well is is it is it part mm. of a lead generation strategy as well i mean not to put too business like a context on it yeah but, no, but totally you know, totally mm. so i find quite regularly for instance if i speak at a firewalk um maybe there's coaches or speakers or you know people that are there that i know that percentage of those people will want to come and train either as firewalk instructors as breakthrough empowerment coach trainers um so yeah absolutely uh, you never know who's in the room yeah how much of your business have you shifted online is it have you been able to move much of it online and speaking as well so i've done some speaking uh engagements online i've started doing the breakthrough empowerment coach training which is like glass walking arrow breaking with the throat and wooden board breaking but no fire um arrow breaking with the throat yeah <laughs> Oh my goodness! You didn't put. I didn't see that on your website. Glass breaking and arrow breaking with the throat. What's yeah. that? So we um I haven't got an arrow here, but you literally put an arrow, like the pointed part of an arrow in the soft part of your throat, the flexed end against the wall, and press in so that the arrow breaks. What rather than goes into you? Is it is it blunt? No, it's an archery arrow. It's a, certain type of archery arrow but it is an archery arrow i think we should put a disclaimer on this bit i just <laughs> I, <don't know>. well, <laughs> I train people to do it so anybody wanted to know more needs to get in touch with me <laughs> don't try this at home with your own sort of homemade arrow <laughs> but basically so so what's the purpose of that what does it what how does it you know what does it show uh, that doing being able to do that so it's a great empowerment exercise um uh, i normally get people to maybe write on the arrow things that they want to break through in life and then they do it i think it's one of the most scary things i offer actually the arrow breaking and the glass walking um i think almost scarier than the fire sometimes um but it it's amazing to see it just raises the energy in people particularly the arrow break you know the energy in a room before and afterwards is completely different i'm assuming you haven't had any accidents 
do you, do you know the people when they're ready are you like do you can you spot the ones that you're like if they do it it's going to be down casualty or or do you think everywhere you know how do you sort of train people to do that I know you yeah. you with yeah, I'm just curious. it's a very quick thing to do you know and you just explain to people how to do it up they come off they go and sometimes people can't do it it it's not a physical thing you know physically the arrow will always break um you know scientifically oh. but some people it, it's really interesting actually you see some people when they push in and they get the bend on the arrow and then they stop <laughs> You know, and it's like, oh, I can't do it. They've done the work. It's a great metaphor for life, you know, how if we're committed and, you know, look really looking into what we want to do, it will happen. But when we're kind of lacking confidence or commitment, it, it, it sometimes it doesn't happen. But that's okay. I have ways of... Um, working with people that find it really challenging as well you know that's obviously the job of the person that facilitates it um yeah i do that online oh my goodness and yeah and the, and the glass so but is it, so is this like walking over broken glass yeah and 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 people don't get cut no they don't get, very rarely get cut and glass walking actually is a really mindful experience um so I imagine you yeah <laughs> it, it's the total opposite to fire walking you know when people fire walk they go quite quickly and are going to go straight across but glass walking is about going really slowly paying attention uh so very different experience gosh I've not heard about that so much I've heard of fire walking before you know Tony Robbins does fire walking and yeah I've heard of that but but not the other thing wow that's really interesting Gosh. Okay. So um, I was just trying. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to. I've taken uh, you by, sorry, to, I didn't realize. I, you I, didn't no, no, no. It's my mind's got a whole lot I of uh, questions. So I would say much look. more of my corporate work and everything involves like glass walking and arrow breaking. Like I've done a lot of work with the MOD. We've done glass walking, arrow breaking with them. It's much oh. easier in a sense for insurance purposes and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay. And and I'm I you you're speaking that you do. How does storytelling and humor fit into it? Is it a lot of it? Is that oh, what you do most of? Yeah, totally. People love a good story. People absolutely love a good story. And you know, whether you're there as lead generation or your books just to entertain people for half an hour, an hour, telling a great story is absolutely the way to go forward I think I think also for a speaker you know if it's a new speaker or somebody that is trying to build their confidence up to be able to tell a story that they know yeah it's such a beautiful way uh to get up and speak because you don't need all the note cards in front of you and the prompts and everything else you just get up and tell your story and and people love that people absolutely love that and humor every time a winner isn't it it's just yeah yeah yeah. I think any audience loves to be included so whether you're you know asking a question or telling a little joke or anything like that it's just a great way of bringing those people into your world 
and helping them to really experience what you're talking about. Absolutely. Gosh. Okay, cool. Well, look, thank you so much for sharing all of that stuff with me. It's fascinating. And um, I'm sure people are going to want to find out more about it. And I'm going to come back to where they can get more information about you and working with you and perhaps training with you. But before that, I'd like to ask you some standard questions that I ask all my guests. Yeah. Um, The first one is, uh, what has speaking done for you? Speaking of everything, almost, I, I love doing it for a start. It's absolutely the way I've built my business from, you know, when I came back from Africa, I didn't have a clue about uh, building a business or how to do the business side of business. So, you know, starting at speaking at networking groups, all that type of thing, brilliant practice great to build up your confidence everything else and I just I love seeing people have a light bulb moment and speaking is one of the best ways to do that because if you've got a room full of people even if just one person has that aha moment perfect it gives me a big buzz and hopefully they get so much out of it too right it's a win-win yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I love about it too. It's, it's it's not a feeling. The only thing I think that tops that for me is when you've written your own joke and people laugh at that. I love I love that just as much as, as yeah. seeing those light bulbs go on. Cool. Okay. And have you had a bad speaking gig? Bad speaking gig? Not that I know of. <laughs> oh, good. I I tell you what. I only ask this question because I think it's important for people to know that. It doesn't always go perfectly. There's tech issues sometimes, you know, things that, and, and it doesn't have, you know, the speakers that come on the program, I like them to, to show that, you know, they've got back on the horse and it doesn't mean that you should stop. I mean, maybe yeah. you haven't had one and that, and so some people don't, you know. I did have one, actually, I was speaking at a celebrity event. It's only a minor thing. I was speaking at a celebrity event a couple of years ago and um, I'd given them my um, slide deck uh and i had my clicker to move the slide deck on they hadn't told me that they had added a slide at the beginning achieve event welcomes lottie moore whatever it was so i was one slide behind oh no (laughs) i kind of glanced around halfway through i was like oh how did that happen (laughs) (laughs) kind of idea but that's the worst that's ever happened and I think the key thing is make a joke out of it. You know, it's not, don't pretend it's not happened and, and get embarrassed. But just, I just went, bloody hell, what's happened there? You know, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was quite funny. It was one, yeah, one of those uh, rare opportunities where there were Eddie the Eagle and Frank Bruno and everybody was sitting there on the front row. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh good it's always best to try and style it out but recognize it has happened cause yeah exactly they're, they're all thinking about it anyway um so you've got to address it cool um next question then um what's the book that you've read that's had most impact on your life and why gosh mm. this i'm a real reader so it would change i think but, I th- you know, if I'm honest, I think something probably like The Lord of the Rings, you know, that mm-hmm. 
appetite for adventure. Um, and you know, if you take all the fantasy creatures out of it, it's just a very human story of trying to push through, isn't it? Against all odds. And that's what life is. Yeah, I think there's arrows in it as well. There is arrows in it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, What's the best bit of business advice you've had and why? Keep going. Just keep going. And just simply, I think it's obvious why, you know, um, we all get days where we just want to hide under the duvet and pretend business isn't happening. I've had quite a few of those this year. Um, And it's fine to have those days, but get up the next day. Yeah, cool. It could be. I always, I always love that story about the. You probably heard it with a. I probably mentioned it on the show as well, where you're you're one pickaxe away from striking gold, and yes. the fellow that sort of packed up and 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 the fellow bought all his gear and then and then got the got the gold. So you've got to keep yeah. going. Yeah, excellent. Uh, last question then. If you could choose one mentor. And they can be alive or dead, fictional or non-fictional. Who would you choose and why? I'd love it to be somebody with real peace in their heart, real, real, real next level love in their heart. Maybe someone like Nelson Mandela. Cool. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. But full of peace and full of love, but also quite brutal when needed. Yeah. But for, for with... With the right intentions. That's yeah, the... absolutely. Yeah, cool. That's great. Smashing Lottie, that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing all of that. And so, if people have been inspired by what they've heard and they either want to go on a retreat uh, virtually or in person when we can, mm. uh, or train from you to do what you do, where's the best place for them to go? So, um, my website is lottiemore.co.uk. Um, or look me up on Facebook or or LinkedIn and just pop me through a message. I love hearing from people. I'm never too busy to hear from people, even when I'm really busy. We can all send a Facebook message while the kettle is boiling or, or, or something like that. I never want to be too busy. So, yeah, just look me up on social media or website lottimore.co.uk and email lottimore at lottimore.co.uk. Easy. That's fantastic. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well. Lottie, thank you once again. Really enjoyed meeting you. Best of luck. I hope things th- things are looking hopeful now for a way out of this situation so you yeah. can go back to doing what you do in person. So, um, but um, stay, st- well, I don't need to tell you to stay positive. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, lovely to meet you. You take care. Look after yourself. And you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope that got you thinking. Both Lottie and I would love to hear if anything useful came up for you as a result of that interview. And all the links Lottie mentioned are in the show notes. And if you want to get some personal breakthroughs this year, then do check out more about her and how to work with her. Before I go, I want to ask you if you'd mind doing me a big favour. Well, it's not actually that big, it's little. It'll take you two minutes. If you got value from this show at any time... Over the 152 episodes, if you're a regular listener, or even just from today's, then would you mind doing me the favour of leaving a rating or review over at www.ratethispodcast.com?
ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. That's ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. I really appreciate the feedback. And, you know, it's great to get reviews because it helps other people find the podcast uh, too. So make sure also, if you haven't subscribed, that you do that too. And just once again, thank you so much for joining me. Good luck with your planning for this year. I know you're going to rock it. I look forward to helping you on that journey too. I'll be back next week. But in the meantime, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking, from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.